next installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm your host yummy coco aka colette prosper i am a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything from uh, our basic human rights being on the line and uh why currently there's a buttload of good tv on right now um with my guests i'm going to talk about it with my guests sex lies of college girls writer beth appel she's fabulous check her out but first some housekeeping if you like this show please give it five stars it's how you can help people to find the show so may the fourth be with you let's kick things off with a sketch in honor of the female reproductive system, and may she have freedom of choice, freedom to do whatever she wants to do with it, called Onions. Sketch. Sketch. Hmm. This risotto is delish, hon. The recipe's from Goop. But I got these personalized candles on my Oh, oh, the... The smell's super familiar. Is my vagina silly? I sent in a swab of my smell in the mail. At, at, at what time did you take that sample? Oh, it was probably right after my morning jog. Do you love it? it it smells like onions and, and kind of like you pee, but, you know, I like onions. Like floral chives or like... Like cheesesteak onions, but hold the cheese whiz? My lady parts smell like processed beef and onions? Or cat food? Now you're saying that I smell like cat food? I like cat food smell. It, it feels like home. I am so... Confused. Oh, my, my eyes are watering. Um. Yeah, yeah, me too. You want to get some air? My, my eyes are watering. No. I want to talk about what you think it smell like. I told you. I like it. It's like sweet and sour. Hold it sweet. <laughs> I was going to meet your parents this weekend. Yeah, we still can. It, it's all good. Not when I smell like onions. Or cat food? Or sweet and sour sauce? Oh, hey, Tanya. Hi, there's a weird smell coming from your apartment. Kind of like tofu scramble. Is there a potluck happening? No, Tanya, it's just my vagina. Oh, as food? No, as a candle. Oh man, now that you mention it, I do smell the tofu scramble. Sorry we're late. Is this the spot for the cooking with jackfruit workshop? Oh, I think that's down the hall. Hey, over here. I'm the cooking with jackfruit instructor. Say, what's that smell? It's my vagina! <laughs>
And we're back. Awesome. So let's get into my talk with comedy writer Beth Appel. Hey, Beth. Hello. Hi. So Beth is a comedy writer uh, who has worked on shows like You, Adam Ruins Everything, and then now Never ha- Never Have I Ever, which I love, Sex Lies, Sex Lives of College Girls and more. Uh, she's currently working on season two of Sex Lives of College Girls. This is incredible. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Also, just to clarify, the last last two things you mentioned I have written on, the first two I'm I'm an actor on. Oh, you you were in you. Yes. Oh, I thought you were part of the writing team. Okay. You know what? I wish. But um, no, I am an actor on one episode of You and one episode of Adam Ruins Everything and one episode of a lot of shows. Uh, so nice as as sort of like a, a background um no they're they're real roles but they're just like sometimes when someone has one silly line that needs to be said they'll call in they'll call me in for it so yeah it, do you watch you I love you yes okay I love you too um yes not to sound like that woman uh Laura whatever Laura Ingram where yes. she was from Fox News. She oh, was like, what yeah. is you? It was, it was such a dumb bit. That yeah, that they did. Um, yeah. There's an episode where they go to a bad improv show. They go to like, yes. Night. So I'm one, yeah. I'm, I'm the bad improviser who says like, who says a line there. OMG. That, so that was back. I want to say that that was when he was trying to court love. So that was maybe second season. It was season two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So he was, he was totally infatuated with love. This is before they got married and had that like crazy marriage and baby and, um, that whole thing that was, and then the, the weird, like swinging, I don't know if you followed the show or if that was just your, you moment that and then you were like, whatever. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've watched, um, all the episodes. I, I, I was, I was obsessed. Um, Anyways, so so yeah, you there's just so many great shows, and then right now there's like all this like good spring TV shit that's that's popping off right now. Like Barry is coming back tonight, um, and and we're talking Beth on uh, Barbara Streisand's 80th birthday, so this is a very like momentous occasion. But like anyway, so Happy it's birthday, her 80th Bab. birthday. Happy birthday, Babs. And so anyway, um, yeah, Barry's coming out, I think, tonight. Um, Three Busy Debra's coming back to Adult Swim. I really like that show. Yeah. Uh, Russian Dolls is on right now. Made for Love is coming back. Hacks is coming back. Ozark, I really like that show, is also coming back. Lots of really Made for Love, um, another one that I that I really like. So, so much prestige TV, which you're also a part of. You know, having worked on uh, Sex Lives of College Girls, I'm currently in a UCLA class where people are writing spec scripts. And my friend that took a similar class last semester, um, a lot of people were writing spec scripts for the show that you're working on. So it's very popular is, is all my point. And a lot of people love it. It's great distraction. Um, everyone's sick of the pandemic and it's it's just a really fun tv show to watch so that's awesome that you've been a part of that yeah thanks for saying all that that's so nice (laughs) when you work when you work on the first season of a show or I guess any season it's you're in a void and you're just hoping that people will like it as much as you do you you know you're you're in there laughing and being like oh this is so great this is going to be so funny and then um so it's nice when it works out that way. Yeah, like um, not the best example, but I remember like uh, my sister was working on a, a show and they she was an actor and they were all so excited about it. Um, I won't say what the subject is, but it was like it was a, it was like a, a big court case that's um, that's happened. And uh, the show is based off that. And they were they were all so pumped about it, talking about how it was going to be like Emmy nominated. Like people were just so jazzed about it. But then, like once it came out, it was kind of like a big clunker. So it's like you never know. You never you know. Still, yeah. 
I always like to be like, this is going to fail horribly. And then you could be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> if it does. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. It's like the opposite of manifestation or uh, positive thinking. It's sometimes yeah. or just sometimes it's it's just better just to be open. You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Give it give it your shot. Give it your yeah, best shot. But can exactly. I ask you an icebreaker? Sure. So I've stolen this question from an old NPR show. It's dating. It's a dating icebreaker. It has to do with choices, which is, you know, basically what screenwriting, um, sketch writing, improvising, what that's, you know, all based on. It's all based on choices. So like, Beth, if you were given unlimited funds to open your own theme bar anywhere in the world, Whoa. where would it be? What would the theme of the bar be? What would be the signature drink or attraction be? Oh my gosh, it's this is a three-part question. <laughs> I'm really intimidated by this question. Okay, well, I'll just go. I'm, I'm just going right off the top of my head. Um, uh-huh. I really, really, really love the television show Survivor. So yes, uh, favorite show of all time. So I'm gonna say oh, it wow. would be a Survivor themed bar and uh-huh. also i love a like kind of a tropical beverage uh you know a, any anything related to island stuff so um so that fits into that as well so um let's, would people be given like rags to like tie around their heads or like their arms yeah um, you would, sure you could i mean that could definitely be merged. yeah um, uh-huh. us in the survivor um survivor nation and call those buffs everyone get a survivor oh Uh, oh (laughs) i don't know why i didn't know that (laughs) um where would i put it so they film every season of survivor in fiji these days so Mm -hmm. maybe it Mm -hmm. would go there so that jeff probst can come on in and get a drink nice um and then maybe there's like you know how there's like trivia nights at bars maybe this one has like a, a challenge night and you have to do you can do some sort of like terrible physical challenge where you're blindfolded and you're running into things and trying to scream at your teammates to put a puzzle together. Wow, that's awesome. And people pay for that. People (laughs) pay to be tortured. Nice. Yeah. But they get a free buff. Yeah. I mean, mean, Jeff is going to be like, where's my buff? Like, (laughs) why is my buff smaller than this other person's? Um, Yeah. So anyway, uh, mine, I've I've said before that I would love it to be like so. I guess kind of in the Fiji realm, I you know I wanted like a a white lotus style outdoor bar. Mm. Um, but like recently, I've become obsessed with the actor Jonathan Bailey. He was in Bridgerton, and then I watched him in Crashing, which is a Phoebe Waller Bridge show. It's an old mm-hmm. show, way before Fleabag. Um, so I don't know. And then like, I read about him going like winter sea swimming. So I don't know. I don't know if it would be like dedicated to him or if it would be like dedicated to the show crashing. Cause I really liked it. It's, um, set in a disused London hospital and then they eat curry all the time. So maybe it would be like kind of hospital like curry and squatter. <laughs> I feel like you came you came at me for like charging people to do survivor challenges, but you're charging people to eat hospital curry, which is yes, it's a bold hospital choice. curry. Yeah, but then they'd be like, okay, I'm just gonna go to the survivor bar, but I'd be like, oh, my buffs are better. <laughs> like I'll, I don't know, I'd find I'd find a way to compete. What an interesting actor! I'm like looking him up now. Yeah. Okay. I love him. Yeah, he's a stage actor as well. It looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen those things that he's in, but I didn't kind of clock him as someone to become obsessed with. But I'll have to. I know. I don't know. I'm so into him. Like he does these uh these like really intense stares. Mm. Um, like these like like sexy intense stares. Um, which brings me to Nico, and I we're gonna talk about Nico later. Yes. But like, um, Nico is not returning to sex lives of college girls uh season two i'm so sad i love him i loved when kim was like sneaking away to go hook up with him and he seemed so sweet um 
yeah. Justin Noble, the uh, showrunner, was saying that, like, you know, he's an imperfect character, but he did have true feelings for Kim all along. Like, he wasn't just a fuckboy. Like, you know, he was he was more than that. So I, I don't know. I miss him. But um, I miss him, he, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, first of all, that series of scenes where he and Kimberly are like sneaking off to sleep together is yeah. really one of my favorite parts of season one. It Was that a closed set? Oh, yes. That was a very close <laughs> set. We had a lot of clothes, haven't had and will continue to have a lot of closed sets on the show. Yeah. Um, just because of a lot of nudity and, and sex and things like that. But um, yeah. I was not on set for shooting that. But um, mm-hmm. I think it turned out so well. It's just so well done. And like the timing of it is so fun. And they're so good together. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. But I do think like, you know, we kind of the season one kind of wraps up in some ways the Kimberly and Nico stuff and mm-hmm. um it'll be fun to see who what happens with all of the girls sex lives of all the college girls next yeah. season yeah yeah because I, I mean that's essentially what the show is about and so they'll continue to be uh doing that to be having uh, sex lives, which I did not have in college, but oh, that's another gosh, story. Absolutely <laughs> the same. I had a, a boyfriend who I dated all through high school and then uh-huh. I was like, okay, I've gotten into college. I'm going away to college. I yeah. can't, I can't go with the baggage of like having a high school boyfriend because I'm going to have so many guys to date in college. Oh, you're just going to be, yeah. Pushing them away. Absolutely. We broke Get up. Away. We broke uh-huh. up and then not a single person in my college ever wanted to date me. <laughs> and I was like, so, whoops. So were you sniffing around the, the ex-boyfriend? You're from Colorado, right? I am. Yeah. 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 So, um, oh so we- yeah. I was like, so Randy, should we revisit that decision? Oh my god, Randy Marsh, like South Park? No, who's that? That's one <laughs> also, of also no Randy Marsh from South Park, which is also Colorado. Yes. Like uh the cartoon. But uh no. <laughs> I was like, oh Randy, his name is Randy. Oh anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, a diff- different Randy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you went and funny enough also is that you went to Vassar, which is where Sex Lives was filmed like season one I don't know if you're gonna return there again um but what was it like filming on campus at like your alma mater I know like for Amy Aniobi um she they filmed Insecure at uh an episode at Stanford it was a very surreal experience yeah so I'm curious for you what that was like and then um you know there were some areas that were repurposed and and um used for for different things for the the show i'm curious about like what that was like did you have any input with that as as a an alumni yeah it was really funny i think surreal is the perfect word for it and mm-hmm. i i was we did a lot of shooting at vassar so i was there for almost a month and wow. um like all the exteriors basically some of the library interiors and some of the other well, we did some like reshoots of other scenes that we had already done in LA and then mm-hmm. um and then Mindy and Justin wanted to kind of revamp some of the ideas. So we were there for mm-hmm. a very long time. It was a lot of overnight shoots, like anything that you see at night, yeah, you, you can't start shooting until sundown. And the and it's the summer. So the nights are very short. So you're waiting until as soon as the sun goes down, you do it, and then you only have to like 3 30 a.m and then the birds start oh, wow. chirping and then the sun comes. yes up. so there was at least one scene that we actually just ran out of time and they had to come do it in LA like a month later um, oh wow so it was a lot of work but it was crazy to be back at school a lot of stuff has changed since I went there but mm-hmm. and I there were times when I was like wait how do I get from this place to this place like trying to remember and then suddenly it was just muscle memory kicked in and in between setups and shots and days I would just like wander around the campus I was like facetiming my husband like showing Mm him look at the lake look at this pretty lake at Vassar it was yeah so so cool to be back there the athletic building that they there's a scene where um Whitney gets on the bus with the soccer team yes so they use the exterior of the uh, this building for the athletic building a few times that's the center for drama and film 
Oh, it's, wow. It is one very silly because it was, it's the least athletic people in the world. <laughs> and that was where I spent most of, I majored in drama. So that was where I spent most of my time. So, it was, and yeah. I did no sports. Uh, in addition to no dating, I also did no sports. <laughs> um, so that was one of a fun kind of repurpose. So it was like, it was just highly coincidental that it, that you're a Vassar, Vassar alum and they were, they were shooting there. There was no like, cause like I, um, I think Justin Noble went to Yale, I think yes. I'm not sure. And so, yeah, so there was just like, no, um, it was totally like a coincidence. It was, he went to Yale and Mindy went to Dartmouth. And so I think when uh -huh. they were imagining the show, those were kind of their, um, real life analogs of the college that they were making Essex into. And I yeah. kept thinking like, I think part of the reason I got hired on the show was because I had had an experience at a similar kind of college in the Northeast. Right. And yeah. so I kept thinking like, I just feel like Vassar would be like such a good campus for this, but I didn't say anything. And then that ended up being where they went. So that was yeah. coincidental. And then by the time I would have, I, I feel like I did ask like, Oh, with, you know, what's going to be the exterior of the girl's dorm. And, um, mm -hmm as Justin kind of updated me on those things before we went to New York, it, it, mm -hmm. they, I felt like they had it all right. I was like, Oh yeah, Blodgett, that would be a great look for the dorm. And yeah. Um, so I didn't have any input in advance. It just happened. It was just a coincidence. Oh, that's nice. It's also like serendipity. It's kismet and all, you know, all those things. It's just, it uh, yeah, it just worked out. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny. Cause like, uh, my one of my sort of like weird like if if someone someone asked me like oh tell me about yourself like my weird story is that like my husband was uh in the grad program at like a music grad program at Wesleyan and so I um I gave birth to our son in a dorm room so like that's <gasps> my like really? small liberal arts college yeah Wow, experience. in a Wesleyan dorm room. <laughs> yeah, it was a home birth, and so on I had purpose? a midwife. Yeah, on okay. purpose. I had a midwife and doula, and they they came to my my dorm room. <laughs> I wonder so, if that has happened before or after. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, because it was kind of yeah, it was it was hilarious, like walking around campus because you know I kind of looked like the students, and there would be like you know college tours, and I I, I looked like a cautionary tale, like walking around pregnant. Um, but like, you know, I was a full ass adult, but like, they didn't know that I could have been I assumed 19. you were like, I'm surprised to hear that you have a husband and child or children yeah. because you do yeah. look very young. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's the buffs. I, I wear a lot of buffs. It's the buffs. <laughs> it keeps me young. Um, the hospital chili. Yes. Yeah. That too. Or, yeah. Uh, curry. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Obsessing over Jonathan Bailey. Yes. All of it. Um, so, so yeah, we met, you and I, we met in the early days of the Great Panini when we thought it was going to be a two-week or like a month-long quarantine. You posted on UCB's Facebook page that you were teaching an intro to sketch writing. And I was like, oh, I need to do this. I need to, um, you know, learn sketch writing. Uh, I was taking UCB classes. It all shut down. Um, I, I had my like second level um graduation performance that was canceled, all of that. Anyway, it was actually your very last class that you ever taught because you started getting all these like kick-ass jobs. So can you talk about that time period? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I had, I did, UCB was kind of my whole like adult life. Like I started mm -hmm. it during, I started taking classes there during college. It was the only mm -hmm like my only goal was to like do stuff there, be a sketch writer and a performer and improviser. Um, so you commute from Poughkeepsie to Chelsea, like in the city. I did it during the summer between junior and mm -hmm. senior year. And mm -hmm. then I graduated and then moved to the city to just mm -hmm. take comedy classes. So um, I did commute down for my level one graduation show. Yeah. Um, that like that fall, but um and then I moved to LA and kept doing it here. And then, um, and then, yeah. So the shutdown was like very jarring in that I was doing multiple shows a night there every night I was teaching there. Um, yeah. and I really liked teaching sketch and it just felt like 
I, my improv, I was teaching an improv class when everything shut down. And so I, I continued to try to do some like, you know, pay what you can free or cheap sessions for those students just to like yeah. keep that community going. And I was doing a like drop in thing for all of the people on mod teams where they could come and just workshop um, pieces for that. And it was again, like zero or $5 to help cover my like zoom fees or whatever. Yeah. So, and so I'm sorry, like the Harold uh, team was the improv groups and then a mod group was like a sketch group. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you forget that not everyone has uh, learned these nonsense terms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Still important. Yeah. yeah but then I, I have this kind of intro to sketch workshop that I've I've traveled and taught quite a bit mm -hmm. and um, figured it would be a perfect format for some Zoom teaching. So I yeah. did a bunch of workshops of various kinds, sketch workshops, which I think lent, sketch lends itself to Zoom a little bit better than improv and mm -hmm. um, was just teaching those kind of independently just as one-offs or two-offs um, and met a ton of really fun students from all around the world. And um, it was just a really nice, fun way to, yeah, keep connected to comedy at that time when when we were all stuck at home. For me, it was fun. I yeah. hope it was also fun for my students. Yeah, I um, loved it. I love the class. Yeah. And then yeah. You know, I made a very stupid um, video during the beginning of quarantine because I realized I had just a crazy amount of workout equipment. Mm -hmm. And so I made this video that was just kind of joking about how much like when you do an at-home workout, how they're like, you don't need any equipment. And then it turns out that you need like a thousand things. Right. Um, so it's just, it's truly the stupidest video. My husband held the cam the phone for me and I paid a friend to edit it together. And then yeah. um, the day I released it, a friend of mine who was working for a Comedy Central um, a Zoom show, like a, like a digital Zoom show that they were doing, Mm -hmm. um was like hey we're looking for another writer on this do you have any like pandemic content that I can show them and I was like yeah I just made this video um oh nice so I that I think that was my first job that I got that kind of knocked me out of being able to teach the workshops was working for um a like celebrity interview pandemic quarantine show uh-huh comedy central was that what it's called no, it was called Stir Crazy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And it was super fun. And then in the midst of that, I got um, a call that I was being considered for the Sex Lives of College Girls. So I interviewed for that and, um, yeah. you know, sent my pilot in and, and got hired on that show. So I left the Comedy Central job to go right on season one of of college oh uh, I guess people call it sex lives I abbreviate it college girls because that okay I think that's what it was called when I first read college the pilot girls. yes um, but now everyone abbreviates it sex lives so yeah yeah that that was that did that I don't know if I answered your question yeah of course so like did you have a pilot that was about call women in college or was it about um like young 20 somethings like did you have work that like uh totally connected with that or or is it based on your your comedy prowess and and sketch writing yeah you know my pilot that i submitted coincidentally is about a group of four girlfriends uh-huh so totally random out of the blue i th and and it also was just really 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 joke heavy mm -hmm. um which is maybe more my forte than the yeah. other stuff. But so I think that they were like, wow, this person had a pilot about four women and, and was able to kind of have distinct characters for each of them and, and juggle four stories, which ended up being is, is still the hardest part I think of writing for the show is we have four mm -hmm. characters to serve and we only have half an hour. So um, yeah, it ended up just being really um fortuitous that 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 was what my pilot was about that's awesome yeah the the thing about um college girls we'll call it um the thing about <laughs> yeah now you're girls, on the inside yes. 
<laughs> um, yeah, the thing about it is that, yeah, it's very joke heavy, but it's grounded too. Like it's, it's, uh, it's not like, like 30 rock was, you know, joke machine. Like it was like, it was more like jokes than actual story, yeah. but this is actually like, it has a soapy element to it, but they're still loaded with with lots of jokes. I love that. Um, I feel like it was like David Gordon Green who works on uh, Righteous Gemstones. I think he directed the first episode. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so they're, they're, I, I love how the show like Righteous Gemstones, which I'm also super into um, it's, it's not afraid to be serious at times, especially like with Kim, she's having like financial difficulties. Mm -hmm. Then um, Leighton is uh, closeted. So like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of like dramatic um, elements that are happening, but then at the same time, very funny. Like Bella's hilarious. Yeah. Kim is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. I, those, I, I, I think all the characters are very funny in very specific ways, but it's definitely like uh, Kim. Kimberly is a room favorite to write jokes for just because she's such a fish out of water and she's such yeah. a nerd. And like all the writers are nerds. We're all, even the cool ones are kind of nerds. So yeah. I think we can all relate to her in some ways. Yeah. Cause Bella has swagger. Like Bella, Bella can kind of be nerdy, but she's, she's pretty cool. Yes. She, yeah. I, I think she, I think the other three are all, very cool and then yeah <laughs> there's Kimberly. except for Layton I thought and then I always joke about the the Ashley because I have a friend named Ashley mm -hmm. who her her name is spelled L, the last three letters are l-e-i and so yeah in that there was that hilarious um sorority scene where Layton was bombing like she was not connecting with any of the sorority sisters they're all named Ashley yeah. but like Ashley like L-E-I L-E-Y you know all L-E-E -E, like Ashley Simpson like they're all spelled yes. differently that was hilarious was that something that was like um just people were riffing in the in the room or yeah I think it was like I mean well like group effort yeah on on one side of things Kimberly is like a low status character who we love to see be high status, like in the pilot when the guy throws the thing on the ground and she yells at him and instead of throwing it in the trash can. And that's like, I think, a, a fan favorite moment. So on the mm -hmm. exact other side of the spectrum is Leighton, who is a really high status character. To, so yeah. to see her kind of with and, um, and also to be like obsessed with such a... Um, I don't know. I we did not have sororities at my college or fraternities. Yeah. There was no Greek life. But to be that obsessed with a thing that I think on its surface is like kind of silly. Mm -hmm. Um and, and I don't want the Greek community to be coming after me, but I do think <laughs> sororities and fraternities are a little bit silly. I I think everything I did in college was also silly and much worse than all of those things. But um so to have Leighton be low status at that, even at a thing where everyone is kind of um, vapid, I guess, and 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 uh, there's just a hundred Ashleys, I think was a funny, yes. Funny thought to us. I don't know where the Ashley thing came from originally. It must have just been a room, a room riff. Yeah. 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 So, so super funny. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, again, so much great TV out there and you're, you know, you're currently working on the latest season of College Girls, you know, and like, you know, right now there's also that pandemic fatigue is, um, is uh, you know, there's something happening with that because, you know, there's, there are a lot of people who think it's over you know, the airborne pandemic is over, but it's not. Um, but then also there has been a sort of like work from home fatigue. I know I've been feeling that. Um, I talked to Julie Mandel-Folly recently. She wrote on Minx and she also mentioned the fatigue of working from home. So I'm curious, like, are you back in the office? Is there a kind of like a hybrid situation going on? Like what, you know, what's it like currently? in yeah. writing rooms? Yeah. So we did all of season one from home. And then, mm -hmm. but then I was on set for a bunch of it. So that starting in like, um, maybe March of 2021, I was working mm -hmm. on set or out of the office on the Warner Brothers lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a long break from like the at home Zoom world. And mm -hmm. then 
I went back into a, the Zoom room for Never Have I Ever in in the fall of 2021 and was in that until January. Then went back to College Girls again, um, Zoom room for the first like 10 or so weeks. And we've been in person now for maybe the last month, month and a half. So we are, yeah. we're a real in-person writer's room um, working on the Warner Brothers lot. And it was a real- That's awesome. Uh, it's very cool. It's definitely way easier to write that way, but it's a lot less easy to lay in my bed during lunch, which. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm bed. bed. <laughs> I'm sure it misses you, but like, has it, you know, does it, does it change your comedy at all? Like, um, you know, like since the pandemic, like has your comedy changed of all or has it evolved like just with age and experience um yeah does the pandemic and then like also zoom writing has it all like affected you know how you write right now yeah well I think to the zoom writing of it because I had been teaching and doing comedy on zoom and working on that comedy central show on zoom Going into the Zoom room for college girls, I think I just had a little bit of like a leg up and not, we're not competing, but it just, I think was maybe a little mm-hmm. bit easier for me to assimilate into this pitching on Zoom and the rhythm of it, but it is mm-hmm. really hard. And it's, and then when I went into the Never Have I Ever room, that's a whole different rhythm and it's, you're ta- so much accidental talking over people and apologizing and like one of the writers yeah. in, in the Never Have I Ever room. <laughs> Um, Erica Oyama, who is the best, um, she was like, how about every time two people talk at once, one person ducks out of frame to let the other person know that they should talk. And so we, we ended up having this bit where whenever you talked at the same time as someone else, you would try to like duck first to let them go. <sighs> but often it would just be uh-huh. like two or three people talking at the same time. And then you just see everyone just dive out of frame. Yeah. Oh my God. And so you know, like, we wasted a lot of time. doing <laughs> that. And then you just hear someone from under their desk be like, no, I'm not going to go. You go. Um, so you develop, I mean, the games are really weird that you end up developing and the bits. Yeah. Um, very, very digital. But yes, uh, I think the pandemic has evolved everyone's writing I think it's just such a different world than it was two years ago and uh, joking is very different are you following I'm just learning about this King Tut thing are you following this with King King Tut like uh Steve Martin yeah because I get like people are questioning like is that is that actually funny yes so even things like Uh that where even the existence of TikTok and the rise of Gen Z and like all of yeah. it. Comedy is changing. Um, what what can be considered funny is changing. Like every time I submit to a new job, which I have not done in a while, but I have to go through my samples and just like make yeah. sure that it's up to date and there's no just like super outdated jokes. And yeah, things have yeah. changed. Things have changed a ton. Because that's the thing about comedy anyway, is that because like, I know, like, I've tried to watch Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and I don't laugh necessarily mm-hmm. because, and he's one of the best comedians ever in the whole world that ever lived, right? But like, mm-hmm. I I can't really watch it. King Tut. It's also kind of funny because I I never necessarily thought it was funny, but I love Steve Martin. I love his writing. I love all of me. I love like all of his stuff from the eighties. You know, only murders in the building. I love, I love him. Um, that's the thing about comedy, though. It's, it's like milk or something. Like it, it, it spoils. Like it, it, it. That's what comedy is. It's something that, like, uh, you know, it's like a chalk, chalk drawing. It, you draw. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it, 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 it makes a, uh, a spark. It, 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 but then it goes away. Like you know, it gets rained on, or people walk over it. It, it change. It has to change. Um, like that's why I get so upset with people like Bill Maher talking about comedy when it's like that's what that's what happens in the world and with life things change people's yeah. perceptions change you you have to move with it you have to move with it which I do 
think Steve Martin did. So I think it's okay yeah. for a thing that he did a really long time ago to not make people yeah. laugh now. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a funny debate. It really it really rocked my household yesterday. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, where where you was like, were you like pro King Tut and and maybe your partner wasn't? Or <laughs> yeah, we had a knockdown. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> um, no, well, you know the funny thing is, I'll be on Twitter and I'll be like, oh, something's happening, but I don't ever know what. And then yeah, and then I spend like half an hour tracing it back to its origin. I'm like, okay, yeah, what I love that. What happened with Steve Martin? Where are we at? <laughs> okay, what's the debate about King Tut? Are we okay? We're saying it's yeah. not funny, and then I deliver this information to my partner, and uh-huh. um, he and I tend to be on the same page about these things. Um, yeah, we watched it. We rewatched it because, of course, it was we've seen it a million times and we were like yeah. we we're like I don't know it's kind of funny yeah it goes long because their sketches went really long yes yeah yeah like I that's have, something that's changed over time yes and I have no attention span yeah so I, no. I appreciate the <laughs> I appreciate the shortening of everything yes um but yeah yeah no I I agree like I still it I I understood you know, I, 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 I get it. I'm, I'm, I don't find it offensive. I think it was funny. Um, but it maybe went on too long and then it's, you know, it's kind of like dated. So it's just, it's from the seventies. So like that, you know, that happened, he, he had a moment and now he's off to other things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which is, you know, what comedy is all about. Um, so, but I, I'm curious about like your, your, cause I want to play a game with you, but I'm curious about like your writing process while, you know, all this like good TV is on all these like good Twitter debates are on too. Like, cause like you, you had to do some like fact, it was like a fact finding mission, you know, that, you know, to find out like what's going on with Steve <laughs> Martin and King Tut. So like you spent time to do that. Um, you know, I'm curious what that's like, I guess that's a kind of a distraction from working on the show. Um, but, you know, thinking about like the show Severance, where like, um, you know, you had a, a group of employees that like they they work at this company and then they had to like sever their memories so that they could separate work from personal life. So I'm curious if like there's a connection uh, between like, like, do you have to feel, do, are, do you have like severance moments where you have to sort of like in order to like watch TV? Because like when you're writing, I'm sure you're thinking about structure, you're thinking about um, like the oh no moment or, or you know, if something is missing or, or lacking in a, in, a, in a particular script, like, like, do you have to sort of like sever your, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I wish I could. I wish, I think the lesson we all learned from severance is severance <laughs> is good. We wish, yes. we wish it existed in real life. Um, oh no! It might <laughs> that shh, that might be happening. That's actually a good point. We wouldn't even know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I wish I could. I, I find whenever you learn about a thing or work on a thing, it does kind of ruin your ability to just purely enjoy the thing. Yeah. I think for for something like Severance, because it's so far out of the realm of what I write for two years yeah. I've just been writing on like horny teenage shows nice. that uh-huh. I was I think able to more fully immerse myself and enjoy it but when I do watch comedies it's kind of a different or sketch it's a different feeling where I'm like oh I would have maybe done that differently or like why didn't they figure out how to um make the timeline of that make more sense or oh I don't know about that character's trajectory and that storyline but um mm-hmm. Severance would be nice for being able to enjoy art. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's more for like, that's why you go on a roller coaster or something. Like if, unless you're a roller coaster designer, you're probably just gonna be like, that's fun. Right. But then there's some people that, that have a really bad experience on a ro- roller coaster and then they remember, or, you know, again, going back to the childbirth in the college dorm room for me, like mm-hmm. I have not had a child since. So there it wasn't a bad experience you know it's it was yeah wonderful, but still the, like I still remember the childbirth so, element yeah. to severance really seemed to make sense to that me. was yeah that was that was a, a a plot line in the in the show too yeah there was a, a mom that got severed so that she could push out a bunch of babies for her like 
political husband. That was yeah, wild. when you put it that way, it's not as nice. But I do think it would be nice for it's a very handmade tale. Like, yeah, but for for a mom not to have to remember childbirth, that's nice. But if yeah. the ultimate goal is so that they can have to push out a bunch of babies for their evil husband, that's not as nice. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, I definitely recommend it. It's such a great show. I just started reading the script and it it seems like they they changed it. It actually starts with Mark naked having just been severed oh. and then uh basically Milchek kind of um he screws up his orientation and so the Cobell has to take over. Um that's that that happens in the in the cold open and then in uh, act 1. And so by by act 1 she's then leading him into the office and and showing him around. And then like they sh- he has a moment where like he realizes like his hands are sunburned and she was like, "Yes, we just went for a really long walk out." Like cuz his severed his Audi was was outside with her. Mm. Um anyway, we I don't know if anybody has seen this, but like yeah, yeah there's an Innie and an Audi. Anyway, it's uh, it's totally different than That's what actually so happened. So, so yeah, I I recommend uh, if you ever have the chance. You're totally busy right now, but like, um, it's it is an interesting read to see like how how Dan Erickson wrote it before it actually like you know got into Ben Stiller's hand. Yeah, and, I know, love then things was like changed. That. Yeah, the original yeah. the College Girls pilot similarly like. Yeah, not as different as that, but very different from how it yeah. turned out. So that's always interesting to see. Yeah, I feel like I read, I might have read some of College Girls too. But um, but anyway, we'll we'll talk about it another another time. I I'd love to know, um, like you know, working with Justin Noble. Um, also, like uh, I think Justin Noble has also worked on Never Have I Ever too. Um, I know it was Lang Fisher, but I think, I, I yeah, think Justin, Justin consulted, was a consulting producer, I think on season one of Never mm-hmm. Have I Ever. So he, and he wrote the second episode of season one. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So like, are there any gems that are forever lodged in your frontal lobe, you know, working with Justin Noble and then also Mindy Kaling? Mm, I mean, they're, they're both geniuses as is yeah. Lang. Um, I yes. think I've, I've learned an infinite amount from all three of them. I think some, this feels like a no-brainer, but it's something that I maybe hadn't thought about a lot before I worked on these two shows. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about, like, why does this scene exist? Mm-hmm. And I think because I started out as a sketch writer, my mentality can kind of be like, well, it's funny. And that's not when you have a narrative show that's very character driven, that's just not an option. Like why it needs to be, why is this character experiencing what's happening in this scene and how do they change from the beginning of the scene to the end? Um, So that's something we talk about a lot is like, what's the incident of this scene? And that's something that as a sketch writer, you really, really don't talk about at all. Yeah, because for a sketch, you're just thinking about a moment in time. You're not necessarily thinking about um, the character itself, right? And how they evolve in like an episode. Yeah, or over the course of a season. Yeah. Um, And I think Mindy is especially good at cutting through some of the darlings where you'll be like, wouldn't it be so fun and funny to see this? And she's really good at being like, here's what we love about the character here's what we want to and need to see them do and and here's how Mm -hmm. we should do it so um yeah it's it's kind of crazy how good all three of them are at at, it's not crazy because they've all been doing it for years and years but it's yeah um, they live up to their reputations yeah i mean that's why they get the big bucks yeah totally yeah so speaking of cutting can we play a quick game before i let you go yeah sure Okay, 
so I, this am is I a, gonna do well at it I'm really competitive um yeah I, I'm sure you will because it's kind of like uh, it's almost like a poll it's a it's a very dumb buzzfeed quiz Got it. okay great so it's uh you're allowed one save card per tv show character so use it wisely oh my god um, so which tv show would you save mm. euphoria or sex education I have should I give like full answers or should I just say um how much whatever feels okay. good I have I am embarrassed to admit I have not watched Euphoria, but I oh, wow. love Sex Education. So it's I'm the best save, show. I'm going to save that. Yeah, you. The Sex Education is like premium. Like t that's a great show. Euphoria is just beautiful vibes. Yeah, it's on um, my list. Yeah, but Sex Education, like for story and beautiful show. Anyway, which TV show I would do? I would do that too. Forty-seven percent would save Sex Education. It's mm. probably because um, not as many watch that over yes. euphoria anyway so which tv show would you save sherlock which i've never seen mm -hmm. or breaking bad yeah i watched a little bit of sherlock but you gotta save breaking bad yeah although yeah sherlock i feel like has um the guy andrew scott from fleabag i think he was in mm. i think like moriarty um so i i also love him too um anyway uh 51 would save sherlock uh whereas 49 oh breaking bad I'm maybe losing. these are like yeah <laughs> well we're not losing but it's just kind of like what are you people thinking so which tv show would you save the mandalorian or wandavision oh i did watch all i did watch all of wandavision same i um i my husband is the biggest marvel fan so i've seen all of these um uh, uh i guess i'll save wandavision why not yeah same 65 percent agree oh wow okay nice so uh which tv show would you save parks and rec or brooklyn 99 which is just a noble show i know <laughs> i know oh no but parks tricky and rec question so i'm gonna I'm going to save Parks and Rec. Yeah, that was, like I that was a classic. No, no, because of a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> um, 45% would save Parks and Rec. Okay. Um, 55 would save Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, which TV show would you save? Wizards of Waverly Place or Hannah Montana? I love the Migos song, Hannah Montana, so I probably would, you know. <laughs> I know so little about either show, but I, <laughs> Hannah Montana's Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I like her. Is She's, she's, I like her music. I'm going to save Hannah Montana. Yeah. Wizards, I think is uh, Selena Gomez, who, who I also love. But, oh. 55% uh, 50, would save uh, Wizards. So oh, wow. which TV show would you save? How I Met Your Mother or The Big Bang Theory? I don't. I I have not watched either of those. I'll save, oh, no. but I I have, I'll I'll save How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite. Big Bang Theory. I didn't really watch as much. Uh, Forty nine percent would save How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Which TV show would you save? Lost or Heroes? Have never, never seen Heroes. Seen. I, but so I'll, I'll save Lost. Yeah, especially with the survivor element. Mm, yes. Keeping that's that's very on brand for you. Exactly. So yeah, 66% would save lost. Um, which TV show would you save? American Horror Story or The Walking Dead? Mm. I think more people like The Walking Dead. I'm I'm not I don't care about either show. I'll save yeah, the walking I'll, for the for the people. I'll save the walking dead. <laughs> for the people. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, American Horror Story got 63%. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ryan Murphy fans. Yeah. So which TV show would you say? Pretty Little Liars or The Vampire Diaries? Oh, uh, Pretty Little Liars. Either. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Go, we'll go Pretty Little Liars. 50-50 on that. Mm. Um, which would you save? New Girl? That was one of my favorites. Or Modern Family? Oh, I, I loved both of those shows yeah um you know i worked for ty burrell when i first moved to la he's, yeah boondoggle yes he's the number one best person alive so i'm saving modern family just nice. in honor of what a good person ty burrell is oh cool 47 percent agree uh okay which would you save lizzie mcguire or that's so raven 
Oh, I am a huge That's So Raven fan. And I'm saving that. The musical episode of That's So Raven is one of the best episodes of TV ever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great TV. Um, so 42% agree. And uh, <laughs> no one last... agrees with me. Well, I agree. Okay. So I'm I'm somebody. So You're, which TV yeah. show would you save? Supernatural or Once Upon a Time? I didn't watch any of those either. I watched a weirdly large amount of Once Upon a Time. It's like wow. a very bad good watch. Like it's fun to watch, but it you know it's it's kind of um, soapy. So I'll save mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Funny enough, um, Jennifer Goodwin and her husband, who she met on the show, forty nine percent agree. Okay. Um, Jennifer husband, Jennifer and her husband, who she met on that show, they were on this like really weird. Um, couples night out show on HBO. It's like a reality show hosted by Steph Curry and his wife. And then they ask these couples, they sit in like a really kind of like dark bar like room and Steph Curry stands behind them in a bar and he's making drinks. It's very sus. And um, he's asking them like, you know couple questions and like yeah jennifer goodwin was talking about like you know just um her like sex obsessed husband they were just like really getting into it like really opening up it's very awkward and then like the questions that they answer if they get right it's it's almost like the newlywed game because Mm. like they're asking each other questions and then the other the spouse has to guess um, what the the other person said, and oh. if they get right, then there's money that goes to charity. Uh, and like Nisi Nash and and her wife were on. Um, they had a they had a lot of basketball players, of course, because of Steph Curry. Yeah. But yeah, Jennifer Goodwin was there, and it was just like very random. Even uh, Duplass, Mark Duplass, was there with his really? wife. I've never yeah. even heard of this. This sounds like yeah. something I would love. Yeah, it was. It's on HBO. It's like night out. I forgot, but if you if you just like search Steph Curry, it should come up. Right. Um, but I, I watched the whole thing <laughs> because whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like six episodes. Tignataro, like there's so many people, and they they all get very um, deep on their relationships and 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 whatever. So anyway, that that's what um, I thought about with Once Upon a Time. That's a great. So book. awesome. Forty nine percent would save it. So. You're in good company. Okay. So, Beth, I'm going to let you go, but what's making you happy these days? What's making me happy? Um, well, I love TV, so it's usually TV yes. making me happy. There is a show on Netflix called Old Enough, and it Yeah, is, oh my God. Um, just I the, the, there's nothing better. It's um, small children being sent on errands, and will they do and it? Killing will they not it. do They're it? Crushing it. They're, yeah. My favorite is the kind of bad boy that doesn't really do it, but they oh. he, they still really celebrate as though he brought back that juice the way he was supposed to. But he yeah. didn't. He chased a dog around with a net for <laughs> an hour instead. Um, I don't want to spoil any parts of it. I just want people to watch it. It's so delightful. Yeah, I, I, because you know, I, I have a kid, and like, if I sent my two-year-old out, like, and I lived in Flatbush, Brooklyn at the time, if I sent my kid out on Flatbush, out, I, like, I, I, I would, like, I can't imagine. It's like sending my cat like on the subway or something. Like, I just, I can't, can't no. imagine it at no. all. No. No, I don't have kids, but I just, I'm certain that I would not participate in this show if I did have kids. (laughs) But you, but it's like, I don't know, the producer's like, but here's the, he'll hold a flag as he walks to the market. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great show. It's fascinating. I I couldn't believe it. Um, So yeah, that's a great tip. Old enough. Um, How can people find you? Do you want people to find you? They can. I I'm I post so little on social media, but they could certainly find me at Appelsass on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it also just looks like Appel's ass, which I kind of didn't nice. realize when I chose it. I thought it was a fun <laughs> pun on applesauce, but it's not. It's just Appel's ass. Um, <laughs> and I think I'm Beth Appel on Twitter, but truly I barely use either of them. I use yeah. Facebook a lot for Facebook Marketplace. 
Um, so find, nice. find me on Facebook Marketplace. I actually am selling a dining table right now. Oh, uh, wow. Hot anyone tip. in the LA area needs a cheap dining table. Yeah, well, this story will come out um, like first week of May. So hopefully it's still, well, hopefully you you would have sold it. But if not, this is this is great advertisement yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Beth. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.